forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell on the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. And Anna and I are comedians talking about these scary things. We're very fearful people. We're working through this. This is a court-mandated podcast. We have to do this (laughs) because we haven't done any crimes. Yeah. And that is also not cool. Right. We got sued for being scared. Yes. So we took a little week off. We took a little cheeky week off. Thank you so much for your patience. Thanks for listening to recordings of screams. I don't know what you listen to. (laughs) 911 calls, transcripts. I don't know what you were doing. (laughs) Just that video of the woman who says to the goat, can you not eat my pants, please? Then the goat butts her and she goes, ah, (laughs) just again and again. Um, I don't know what we, you could have been listening to any of those things. That's what we were listening to. (laughs) That's why we are the way we are. Anyway, Anna and I, as promised, have some fun ideas for this summer. And it's summer. And it is summer. So um, on Wednesdays for the next couple months, we will be resuming our summer tradition of listener campfire tales. So send us your scary stories, your supernatural encounters, the time that you thought you met a serial killer, but instead it was just your aunt's friend, Pat. We are all about your aunt's friend, Pat, this summer. We want to know, did your aunt see a ghost that turned out to be a ghost? That is very possible. And very excitingly, um, last summer, Anna had an idea and we are finally making it a reality. On Fridays this summer... We will be introducing a new segment called Summers (laughs) Summer of Summers or Stephen Summers Summer. Uh, Stephen Summers is (laughs) the director of Anna's favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, The Mummy. Uh, Writer, director. Writer, director. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Um, He has directed multiple other delightful horror, scary monster movies uh, every Friday for the next couple of months. Anna and I will be uh, covering, disseminating, discussing. Propagating. Propagating his filmography. Um, This coming Friday, if you want a heads up and you want to watch it so that you're ready for discussion, we will be discussing his 1998 classic film, Deep rising. rising. <laughs> it's fun to say things at the same time. It's so easy. And anyone can do this. It's Anna and my party trick ever since we were allowed to be in the same room together. Yes. Um, so yeah, tune in on Friday. Um, you can watch that movie. I don't know any number of places. <laughs> there is a, there is a version of it on YouTube that you can watch for free. It was a little blurry for us. So it's, just... it's like four by eight pixels, yeah. but it sure is the movie. We splurged and we got it on iMovie. Which we recommend support film. We did. You got to pay. Um, but yeah, check it out. But in the meantime, Anna, to kick off uh, uh, Campfire Listener Tales, yes, I've got a humdinger for us. And what is a humdinger? A humdinger is when that's you- where a girl sits on a carburetor and, and a guy. She goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, we got it. The guy's at home. He's the not there. He's the jerking guy. off in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> but the girl, it's all consensual. They talked about it ahead of time. They did. They both like it. This is dating in a post-quarantine world. Everybody. And that's actually dating. Um, wow. What a weird start. But I kind of dig it. I. You know what? If you're here, it's <laughs> fine. You either like it or you're turning it off, which are two options. Pick I one. And that, and we're fine with it. We want you to follow your You can also hate listen. I, I think about that all the time. <gasps> yeah. Constantly thinking about that. Anna, this... This listener submitted campfire tale comes from Spencer and the subject very kindly love the podcast chicken foot campfire story for urban legisodes. <laughs> yes. Very well. You it. have our attention. Dear Anna and Andrew. First of all, I just want to say I love the podcast. I'm always giggling by the end of an episode. I wanted to share this truly horrifying campfire tale from my youth that you might enjoy. My dad used to work for a museum and would lead camping expeditions for families. That is very cool. Museum and camping dad? How'd you get both? Good Lord. As a kid, I would tag along to help out. This is a best of situation. Okay. Um, There was always an evening where we would build a fire and families were encouraged to share scary stories. Someone's dad got up and told the most gruesome tale that still low-key haunts me to this day. (laughs) The story went like this. There was a pilot who was flying his plane over a rural area in America. Very specific. He was flying over a farm when he experienced complete engine failure and crashed. While he survived the crash, the pilot found that his legs were pinned inside the cockpit. And if he didn't escape soon, he would be burned to death in the fire of the wreck. In desperation, he grabbed some shards of broken glass from the cockpit window and severed off his own legs above the knee. He crawled out from the wreck to safety, just as the entire plane was consumed in flames. But of course, he was bleeding profusely. He looked around him and noticed several chickens, since he was near the barn of a farm. And on the ground, he saw chicken feathers everywhere. So he quickly grabbed a bunch of feathers and mended his severed legs with them. This isn't clean. I don't remember exactly what came after this part, but things take a turn for the worse. Oh, no. The pilot soon discovered that after a few days, chicken feet began to slowly grow out of the stumps of his limbs. Okay, until this moment, I didn't know if this was a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Within a few weeks, he had grown a fresh set of chicken legs below his knees. Okay. I also don't remember exactly how the tale ended, but the parent somehow (laughs) weaved the story into a warning that the pilot, now known as Chickenfoot, continued to stalk the campgrounds and farms looking for children to terrorize. I'm not sure if this would fit into your Urban Legisode segment, especially since I can find no record of it online. But if nothing else, I thought you would find this chicken dysmorphophobia story to be delightfully (laughs) traumatizing. All the best, Spencer. Spencer, that's perfect. Wow. Someone else's dad going too hard at scary stories. That what is more summer than that? Anyone can come up with an urban legend. And now we're putting it out into the world. This is a really good, this definitely smacks of um, a dad who's maybe a little bit dehydrated, but has really been waiting for this moment. There's so much going on in this story. Yes. There's a pilot. He's a pilot. And then also feathers. This also sounds like an episode of I Survived, I have (gasps) to say. 
Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Not a specific one. It just no. sounds like it's the sort of level of farm chaos that you can come to expect from the brand I Survived. I Survived feels very much in the milieu of this podcast, Anna. Like, if our, if like one thing had gone different in our lives, this would be an I Survived podcast, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we both survived things. <laughs> I know. Mostly internal. This one I am imagining, because, yeah, most, most I Survived stories result in some bodily loss, right? Yes. Yeah, where, like, the camera's really tight on their face, and it's because they every part of their body was cut off. Yeah. There's actually this, it's interesting Spencer, because this story makes me think of, uh, there's a book about the history of horror films in America called American horror show. I believe American horror, American horror show, American horror, <laughs> American horror story. <laughs> um, and, and basically it talks about one of the primary, uh, uh, fascinations of American horror is, um, uh, 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 like loss of limb. And then a lot of that had to do with uh, world war one oh. and that they're all of a sudden like, like, well, there certainly would be occasional um, accidents and amputations that function that way. Uh, world war one, it was the first time when there was like a whole generation of people who were returning from war and needed prosthetics or prostheses. Um, and that there's this interesting thing about like, it also kind of ties in with like a lot of, um, uh, disability criticism of horror, which is like right. the scariest thing is the scariest thing to some people is like just the way other people live their lives. Right now, what's interesting about this is not a whole lot of people grow chicken legs, which no. And I, I was having a twist. hard time deciding if I would be as a child scared of somebody with chicken feet. Yeah. Like, what does he do? He gets there and then goes like, what? Like, ah, uh, gobble, gobble. that's gobble, not what a chicken no. says. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. Christmas. <laughs> I'm chicken foot. Sorry. Can I start over? I'm going to go out and come back in. Can you guys pretend like you're sleeping? You mean a lot to me. Although did. chickens scare me. I am scared of chickens. They are scary, but the, I would say like the, the scariest thing about a chicken are probably its eyes. Yes. And its beak. Its feet are also scary, but that's not the first thing you're thinking of. Anna, I have to tell you the scariest thing that ever happened with the chicken. Okay. Okay. I, I know for a fact that there are more than one. <laughs> things. I was in second grade. I was in Catholic school. My second grade teacher's name is Mrs. Demers. She was an indigenous woman. It was kind of a big scandal because she was like, like she was like, I'm roughly Catholic, but also was like teaching us a lot about, um, uh, like indigenous traditions in America. Mm -hmm. And one day she brought in a chicken from her home and the chicken in the classroom laid an egg. (gasps) And did people just scream? People flipped out. Oh my God. And then she calmed us down. She was like, we're going to pass around the egg. We're passing around the egg. Jill Kreincheck drops the egg. Joel. This Jill. is a Joel move. It, it, it's, it's Jill, but I recognize that oh, I did Jill. say Jill. Oh, this is a um, big Jill move. <laughs> she drops the egg. Instantly, we're all like, oh, the chicken is watching. <laughs> Mrs. Demers is like, it was actually a very good teaching moment because initially everyone was kind of like laughing, giggling, like, Oh, what a mess. And she was like, so she's like, I want you to think about all, all the things that chickens give us. And she was like, without eggs, our cakes wouldn't hold together. Like, oh. all, like she like went through this whole thing about the value of it. And she was like, so, cause I, I think it was absolutely an accident, but like, she was like, maybe, maybe did Jill drop it on purpose. But anyway, she was like, I'm going to get some paper towels. She left the chicken. Anna walks out of the cage. 
The class is silent. <laughs> the chicken is walking up and down the aisles of our classroom <laughs> as we sit in absolute horror because the one fact that we were given about chickens when uh, Mrs. Demers brought the chicken in was she was like, don't get your face close to the chicken because chickens peck at glittering things like eyes. So imagine, imagine if you will, a room (laughs) full of 12, eight year olds sitting silent, horrified as a chicken just walks up looking at us doing the like, like (laughs) it was the, I forgot they make that sound scariest chicken moment of my life. Um, I feel, and again, I know for a fact that you've had multiple. Oh my God. Also like leaving a classroom of children alone while a wild animal is walking around is deeply Florida. But I have to say I was jealous of the class size. That's not a lot of kids. That's yeah. That's a Catholic school for you. Um, Oh, interesting. But God, I'm sorry. So sorry that happened to you. No, I ultimately, I came out stronger. I don't, that's not true. No, I think it made you weak. Yeah. (laughs) That's what did it. Um, how about like, are you, I'm going to look up chicken ghost story. Oh, I do have a scary chicken story. Okay. Um, it's short. It's just that I went to 4-H camp growing up, which like (gasps) it was on long Island. So it wasn't like the true like Midwestern, um, 4-H where they teach you about like, well, that rabbit can't breed with that one because it'll come out <laughs> like they actually teach. And we just like had a tiny working farm and then played soccer for most of it and like <laughs> tried to get fingered like that was the goal. Um, but anyway, uh, we we there was a chicken coop there and <laughs> like every day there would be another murdered chicken. These things were cannibalistic and chickens are cannibalistic, but these there was something fundamentally off about the balance of chickens. They killed each other. Oh, every, in my memory, maybe this was a rare occurrence, but in my memory, it was every day there would be chickens walking around and one chicken not walking and flat on the ground because it had been, it looked like it had been like stomped down flat. Oh, and just ripped apart by the what? other chickens. By the, stamped down by it other looked chickens? flat. I don't know if it looked flat because it was dehydrated because it had died. Oh. But it was like, it was not the camper's job, thank God, to move it. Because at that right. point, it's like, also like, get kids away from birds. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, birds make to. us sick and they they just have, <laughs> they got shit on them. Yeah. The birds got, they got mites. They got diseases. I also have to say the chicken coop was like, not far from the kitchen. Oh, it wasn't the farthest thing from the kitchen, which is a problem. Um, but, Oh, I just thought I said something moving, but I got scared that it was, it was just the blanket. Uh, Stop that. Andrew, that's the scariest sound. Oh my God. My grandma being hesitant about something. Like that's kind of the, don't do the chicken noise again. Ah, no. Scary. Oh my God. Um, but the main point is that like the one farm job we had was like 20 kids to collect eight eggs. Um, there were just very small farm, way too many kids, but the eggs would be, I remember feeling it in my hand. It was so warm from being in a chicken ass. And also they were all covered in shit. They shit on their eggs. They shit on their egg. These chickens were bad chickens. Oh, there's I, something wrong with them. It's like in um in the turn of the 20th century, like when part of the sanitation department was about like reteaching 
um, like mothers who lived in tenements of like, don't wash your baby in filthy water. You know, like we need that for chickens. We do. Don't shit on your eggs. eggs. (laughs) I don't know. It probably was our fault somehow. There's something wrong with these chickens. And I had no idea that chickens attacked and killed each other. They do. It happened a lot. Let me, I'm going to look up. um, Chicken ghost story. Our chickens. um, What's it called? Cannibalistical. Cannibalistic. Oh, God, no. Cannibalistic. Cannibalism. Outbreaks of cannibalism occur in all types of housing systems, including cages, floor pens, aviaries, and outdoor free-range flocks, and among many different types of poultry, including chickens, ducks, turkeys, quail, and pheasants. Birds will show cannibalistic behavior when they are crowded or feed-restricted. Oh, I guess we didn't do a good job. Cannibalism by poultry which is an article by Jim on the poultry site.com. Oh, poultry Jim. On June 4th, 2007. Oh my God. Happy um, 14th anniversary. Oh, um, okay. Wait. Okay. No, this is by Sheila Scheidler. Okay. Extension poultry specialist and Sarah Shields research technologist. Okay. Um, this Neb guide summarizes the causes, control and prevention of cannibalistic behavior displayed by poultry. Beak trimming as a method of prevention is also discussed. <gasps> oh. oh God. Cannibalistic Beak. behavior performed by poultry is the pecking, tearing and consuming of skin tissues or organs of flock mates. Outbreaks of cannibalism. Okay. That paragraph I just said, um, flock behavior and inter bird dynamics oh, often boy. include aggression of birds toward each other, which can ultimately result in injury. Cannibalism is a separate problem that may occur after dominance relationships have been established. Cannibalism differs from dominance as it actually causes physical harm. Cannibalism may begin with feather pecking and is usually directed toward the body, toes, tail, and especially the vent area. Oh. What's the vent? Is that what What? I think it is? Chicken vent. (laughs) Chicken vent. Kids, get away from the chicken vent. Get away from the... Chicken vent. Uh, every time I turn my back, you Where's kids are in front of the vent? chicken vent. Prolapsed vent. Oh, yeah, God. the small opening on a chicken's fluffy butt. Happy oh, it's pride. a um, it's a cloaca. That's fine. Oh, cloaca. Um, prevention of cannibalism is much easier than treatment. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Um, causes of cannibalism. Cannibalism. I'm enjoying reading this article. I love are you it. enjoying hearing it? Okay. I'm fascinated. Great. Cannibalism is caused by a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Although the exact etiology is unknown and many, many management conditions and genetics can predispose a flock to an outbreak. Oh, it's so interesting. It's like a virus. Oh, chicken zombies. Chicken zombies. Some of these are insufficient access to resources, including feed, water, perch, or nesting space. Strain differences in propensity to feather peck and display cannibalism. Um, dietary absences or deficiencies, example, salt deficiency. Truly, it's like chickens that have been taken care of poorly. And it's like, no shit. It's a bunch of campers. I know. Um, dietary, oh yeah, uh, bright lighting, injured birds left in the flock, large group size, keeping different ages or colors together, injuries that bleed as a result of protruding cage or pen wires, enclosures in poor repair or from fighting among newly mixed birds. Oh. diseased or birds with low body weight photo stimulation programs designed to produce early onset of lay. What? Oh, I guess it's like if you make it, Oh fuck, I'm putting it together. That's like if, I guess if you have a false sun that comes up and <gasps> down, Oh, we need to be stopped. We need to all go away. This is, we can't be making big suns for chickens. Everybody you heard it here first. Barren environments that resist or limit behavior, especially normal nesting and foraging behavior. 
changing the diet to a less preferred food. Prevention. Outbreaks can occur in the best managed flock. However, problems are less likely to arise if preventive measures are taken. The first step in a cannibalism control program <laughs> is to select a genetic stock that is not prone to cannibalism. Oh, no. <laughs> and then give the birds the best care possible, including adequate feed, carefully managed lighting, safe housing, and environmental enrichment. I can't explain to you how tiny this coop was and how many birds there were in it. Oh, God. Providing a complete ration to meet the nutrient needs for age and type of flock is also very important. Cannibalism has been linked to deficiencies in protein, sodium, and phosphorus. I have to say, when I cut down on salt, I eat people. <laughs> <laughs> if this podcast can help just one chicken, I think if that's, that's the goal. If there can be 99 chickens in a coop, and if only <laughs> one of them is like it's too crowded, he'll eat them all. Um, <laughs> adequate feeder space. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We need good lighting. Um, yeah, basically like... This... This episode took a turn. I did not think this would end up with chicken cannibalism. What's a pullet? I do just have to say, on the subject of cannibalism, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh, please. Because the cloaca is highly attractive for pecking. Well, some outbreaks of cannibalism begin during oviposition. Hens can escape. Oh, God. No. I don't think I ever want to hear the term chicken vent again. Chicken vent needs to leave my brain, but unfortunately it never will. Sorry. What were you talking about? <laughs> oh, what is this podcast about? This, uh, this one began with a story about chicken foot. I meant but to ask. <laughs> we went. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What are we doing? We, um, okay. So just in the subject of cannibalism, which I was not expecting this to end up in, but I am struck by the fact that chickens are so predisposed to it. Although I guess if you, anyway, um, <laughs> my father-in-law I- and my mother-in-law were having a problem with spider crickets. Do you know what a spider cricket is? I don't. Oh, They're no. the most ghoulish looking bug imaginable. Is it a Florida thing? Uh, no, it's a, a Long Island thing. Oh, right. And oh, they just get in the house. They get in the house. Oh, we have these in my they parents' are, basement. They cannot see, so they Ew. jump at you. They have no idea. Like, if They're you're trying awful. to shoot them away, they jump at you. These things are bad. Um, And they were looking up, like, ways to trap them and there's like a sticky trap and that was one of, there's one of the options and my father-in-law said like well the problem is is that you know they get attached to the sticky traps and you know the spider crickets are cannibals and he said to my mother-in-law you know what that means they eat right and, and Jill my mother-in-law says pot meat people <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is I understand her exact line of thought because it's like she knows what the cannibal is, but in the moment she's so surprised. She's thinking, <laughs> she's thinking cannibal, cannabis. Like what do what do cannibals eat? She's like pot, and she's like, no, that's not right. Carnivore meat, and she's like, no. What do cannibals eat? Cannibals eat people, and she goes, people, and that to me is it. Makes every bit of sense to me. I would go on that exact same thought process, but on the outside, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <gasps> oh my God. Pot, Pot meat, meat people. People? That is so chaotic. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I know our generation overuses the word chaotic, but that is chaotic. I, but I just love it oh so much. Oh my God. Thank God for her. Thank God for Mother-in-law Jill. of the pod. Mother-in-law of the pod. I also have to say that you just unlocked a repressed memory of mine <gasps> that where you said, Crickets are cannibalistic, and I sunk back deep into my pain. I saw something happening. You saw something happen in my eye. (laughs) So, okay. The year fourth grade. The thing, me and Julia Bennett, 
science fair project. <laughs> the project, if you play different kinds of music for crickets, do they chirp different? <laughs> That's the test, baby. We got jazz. We have R&B. We have hip hop. We have pop. We have rock and we have punk. These are the kinds of music we are playing for what? For crickets. <laughs> we get how many? Three crickets from a what? Julia's house. Her dad is a herpetologist, which is a <gasps> reptile expert. They <sighs> have dozens of what? Reptiles in the house in, who said it? Shoeboxes. <laughs> are we all okay? We're on board. Moving on. We've got the three crickets in a little bucks we're playing music for them and we're writing down how many times they chirp in a minute during each song (laughs) this is not a scientific process at all n equals three this is not a good study size (laughs) this is the this is the sputnik of vaccine studies this is not you don't want this one this is ain't pfizer um and uh we looked up we didn't google because there wasn't google we had to look up what do crickets eat and she didn't know because crickets are food in her house um the shoe boxes i should say are the preferred place to put it was like the plastic ones with like a towel in it i don't know why snakes like shoe box with a towel in it it's their favorite that's where (laughs) they go so um we the experiment is done it is a success because it's over and we're children and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and I get to keep the crickets as pets. And we looked up, we didn't have Google. We had to look up what do you feed them. And it said, cut up pieces of potato. I said, okay, I cut a potato, put it in. They're not really eating it. But what I didn't know is that if it's rotten at all, they won't eat it. Okay. And so after it's like an apple, if you cut it, it turns oh, yeah. brown. Yeah. Immediately. Um, so, a couple days go by. I'm getting absolute oh, crawling no, up my nah. I'm picturing it. I can't. <gasps> I. Ugh. We don't have to. Someone else say what happened. <laughs> I have a guess. Have you ever seen what it looks like when two crickets decapitate another cricket? No. Do you think it's that the head is gone? it's not it's still there the head is still there it's far away from the body is it still attached to the body no yes (gasps) (laughs) no if you actually threw up from that description please write in we'll send you a t-shirt anna oh and i grabbed the tank ran outside picked off the top of it and shoved it out. So it all just went outside. Yeah. And then just ran inside and sat and like became bisexual in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what turned me by. (laughs) Am I coming out on the podcast like that? It's fine. Thank you. Happy pride. Happy pride girl. You know, when you decapitate every straight woman is by, I saw a cricket get decapitated. Oh, Anna, I had no, (laughs) I, I mean the, just I'm nature? so my body is hot right now. I feel horrible. <laughs> nature must be stopped. I know it I said we can't we can't be inventing the sun for chickens, but also nature, <laughs> this is a both sides thing. I love eggs. Yeah, we can't be in, we can't be creating a fake sun, but nature you can't be you can't be 
decapitating and having pieces still connected. Don't do that. And it did feel like a distinctly sexual Bonnie and Clyde dynamic between the surviving two, where it was like, let's fucking cut his head off. <laughs> like it, because felt, it felt like they were fucking. Anna, it is also because you and I immediately identify with the decapitated cricket because it's Oh, we, yeah. I'm sure that you and I have both been in a trio of friends. Three is a bad number for and, friends. Yeah, you and I, I feel we have in common where it's like, well, I'm getting decapitated by my friends today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're correct. I am not the one decapitating. Yeah, I am no. getting it. It's <laughs> happening to me. Wow. Um, Spencer, did you think this is where we would go when you send us your really charming chicken foot story? Spencer, it worked. It worked. What you did, it worked. Um, this was a delightful story, Spencer. It fit the podcast very well. It's a wonderful way to kick off our listening campfire stories because it's a literal campfire story. It is. This um, is perfect. We deeply appreciate it. Again, your campfire story doesn't have to literally be uh, something that it was told around a campfire, but anything that comes from you, we will consider in the podcast arena of campfires. It is in the virtual campfire. Yes, that we all share. Yes. Um, so go get vaccinated. Go get vaxxed. Um, Anna, mm-hmm. I feel like it might be time for scary, scary ideas, ideas for, for things, things that, that could, could happen. happen. Um, how are you feeling do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? I know that this was a traumatizing moment you just had. It was a lot. I think I want to go second. Is okay. that okay? Yep. That totally Do you want to go sense. first? I would be, I would be more than happy to okay, go first. Cool. You have ordered dinner directly from the restaurant. Great. Uh, your delivery person says, I'm here. You go to your door, you open it. They are not there. You call back and you say, hey, I think um, I think maybe you're at the wrong place because I'm out front of my door. And they say, what are you talking about? I'm looking at you right now. I'm holding the bag out straight in front of you. You say, nope. And then they describe the clothes you're wearing and they are indeed the clothes you're wearing. And you're thinking, what the hell is going on? And then they say, they hang up the phone. And then you call back and you're like, hey, uh, what's going on? And they said, I, listen, I delivered your food two hours ago. And you say, what? I just got off the phone with you. What are you talking about? They said, I delivered your food two hours ago. You took it. It was a, it was a cheeseburger and some sweet potato curly fries and a root beer float. Good. And as soon as they say that, you feel full. And in your mouth, the taste of a cheeseburger, curly sweet potato fries, and a root beer float. That, that could, could happen. happen, yes. It was a time loop delivery. Is a time loop delivery or a story about food addiction. Wow. And this this is a podcast about something. It is about something. <laughs> it's something. We won't say what. Okay. I got one. Great. All aboard the ghost train. That could happen. Anna. (laughs) Talk about it. That could happen with the most bang for your buck. It's scary. It's moving. (laughs) We've got scenery. Cast of characters. (laughs) A conductor. Open acknowledgement of the a cult. We don't talk about death enough as a culture. Mass the the embracing of mass transit. 
mass transit yes. among the dead. Among the dead. Too many dead people are driving themselves to work every day. Karen, the Greek ferryman of lost souls, who? It's the ghost train from it's now the on, ghost everybody. ghost train. <laughs> people all over the world. Ghost train. train. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. That was not well, where was supposed to go. You know what? Legally speaking, this is a podcast. And yeah. And all podcasts must end. So if uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can at scary story underscore pod. You can email us your scary campfire stories at scary story pod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can leave a five star review. You can say nice things. We'd love it very much. Um, you can sort of find a shell on the beach and whisper something positive or negative about our podcast and then throw it into the water again. Any of those things. Any of those help us equally. Yes. Um, and one other thing that would help us. Get, get out. out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. <laughs>